Hello, welcome to the AIM Horsemanship Podcast, the podcast all about horses, from horse training in general to just connecting and having fun with our horses. I'm always learning, so I hope you enjoy coming along for this horsemanship journey with me. Today we're going to be talking about um, operant conditioning in the four quadrants, which I think everyone listening to this will probably know about anyway, but just because in future episodes I want to like talk in more depth about um, certain topics, so I just wanted to make sure... You know, it's interesting to discuss it and um, just make sure any new listeners or anyone who's new to horse training could understand. So, okay, so when I first started recording this episode, I was planning on just talking about um, the quadrants and the very basics. But I ended up going a bit more in-depth into other topics such as cue transfers, even things such as um, de-spooking for life. Um which was basically just a little story about Izzy using our cues to um, get past a white scary bag out on a walk and also just other things. Um, So even though this podcast is more of the basics of horse training theory, if you're interested, I definitely recommend um, listening to um, some of the conversation topics towards the end because I definitely think they're quite interesting and good to talk and think about. So I just want to start by saying, obviously, I'm not a professional. Everything I'm um, talking about and the information I'm giving is just what I know. Um, So I apologise in advance if any of it's slightly wrong. Um, But I'm sure some of this information would help people who don't understand or help to clear up some of the concepts or just find it an interesting discussion, even if you already know. So there are two types of conditioning. There's classical conditioning, which is more about associations of things like let's say you're listening to a song when you're doing a certain activity and then you listen to that song again and it reminds you of that activity so that would be classical conditioning or at least as far as I understand Um, and the other type is operant conditioning so this is where the four quadrants come in Um, so there's punishment and reinforcement and reinforcement in these quadrants just means um, something's more likely to cause that behavior to happen again and punishment means to cause that um, to cause the behaviour to be less likely to happen again. And we have positive and negative. And this um, in this context doesn't mean good or bad. It just means like a mathematical symbol. So like positive would mean plus, so addition of something. And negative reinforcement would be the re- removal of something. Um, so there are four quadrants, and they are positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, positive punishment, and negative punishment. So positive reinforcement would be the addition of something the horse um, desires in order to increase the chance of a behaviour happening again. So um, I'll give an example of this. Let's say your horse really likes scratches, and when they push on you, you give them scratches. That would be reinforcing them pushing on you, which means the behaviour would be more likely to happen again. Or let's say you want to teach your horse to have their head away from you when you give them food so the horse puts the head away and you give them food that would be reinforcing the likelihood that that behavior will happen again um so the more you reinforce it the stronger the behavior becomes um so the next quadrant is negative reinforcement so this would be the removal of something that the horse doesn't like in order to increase the chances of behavior happening again so um give an example of this let's say you wanted your horse to move their quarters towards you um so you tap like i've seen people standing on a mountain block and they'll tap the other um 
side of the horse on the opposite end to where they're standing um, until the horse moves towards the mounting block and then they will remove the pressure. So it's pressure and release which is negative reinforcement, while the, the removal is the release which is the reinforcement, sorry not the pressure. Um, and the next quadrant would be negative punishment. So this is the removal of something the horse does one in order to decrease the chances of the behaviour happening again. So you'll see this a lot with children. So, so um, let's say the kid has a toy and they keep throwing it on the floor and the mum doesn't like this, they want to decrease the chances of this behaviour happening, so they might just come take the toy away. So that would be taking away something that the um, animal, I mean the child wants, um, in order to decrease that behaviour. Um, so that would be negative punishment. The next quadrant would be positive punishment. So this is the addition of something that the horse doesn't want in order to decrease behaviour. So you might see this in traditional riding of a horse is stopping and someone will add their leg um, and then remove it, which would be obviously the negative reinforcement to increase the horse going forwards, but the actual positive punishment would be the addition of the pressure or the aversive in order to decrease behaviour. Um, so yeah, that's all the quadrants. that's definitely a good surface level foundation of knowledge to have that I found really helpful um, in explaining why certain behaviour of your horse is happening um, and teaching certain behaviours um, even though there is like still a lot but that's definitely the most important thing I find to um, understand. So now that we've spoken about operant conditioning in the four quadrants uh, let's talk a bit about classical conditioning. So let's say you always um, come to the field with your riding helmet on when you're planning to ride your horse. If riding is um, conditioned to be a really happy positive thing for your horse and they really enjoy it then obviously that the sight of you of that riding helmet is going to evoke those um, positive feelings and happy emotions in the horse. Um, but if they find it aversive or painful um, in some way or they don't they just don't enjoy it then obviously that's gonna make them feel unhappy and um, this is where you can also find problems with horses that don't want to be caught and people say oh it's like he knows that he's gonna be ridden well sometimes they can um, pick up on small things um, and associate small things with meaning that they're going to be doing certain things. So I hope that explains a bit about um, classical conditioning. There's also um, things with police dogs. So um, when they hear the operator or whoever it is, sorry, I don't know much about police, but when they hear them on the phone um, and they hear their voice getting tense and the dog knows they're going to be going off in an emergency, often they'll start um, getting really riled up and barking and things like that. And that's often because they know um, They've associated that tension or that in that um, person's voice with um, meaning that they're going to have to go off and do their job. So that's definitely really interesting, um, and it's really amazing how much animals actually do pick up on. Um, also, if you're trying to like counter condition a horse trailer or something, and you always feed your horse in there, let's say, um, when the horse sees the trailer, they have conditioned that. Um, to be associated with uh, eating so which evokes happy emotions and stuff like that um, so that's definitely something to think about when it comes to changing a horse's emotions about something they don't like in counter conditioning another thing we could discuss is um, types of reinforcement 
So obviously we have our primary reinforcers, which are things like food, water and friends and for the horse. So a primary reinforcer would be food. Um, so let's say you've got the marker signal conditioned to the food um, or the reward or whatever reinforcer you're using. Um, but in this case, let's say you make the noise and then your horse associates that, that they're going to get food. Um, so obviously, um, whatever behaviour they're doing when you make the noise is being reinforced. But again, um, once you've trained a cue for the behaviour that you click for and then use a primary reinforcer for, um, whatever behaviour they're actually doing before you cue that behaviour is also being re reinforced, which is a bit confusing, but when you think about it, it makes sense because that behaviour has been conditioned um, positively and also um, also that if they get cued to something that leads to reinforcement, they're going to repeat the behaviour they were doing at the time again. That's why if you have an over-aroused horse and you start a plus R session um, when they're all eager, um, and like impatient to get started, then that's reinforcing that behaviour and they're more likely to become over-aroused. So it makes sense when you think about it that way, but it is a bit confusing at first to think about. Um, so once um, you actually get behaviours that the horse knows leads to reinforcement and are positively conditioned, um, you can use, you can cue these behaviours to reward and comfort the horse. So for example, the other day I was out walking with Izzy and we came across this white scary bag um, that she was a bit scared of. Um, so instead of just just um, clicking her for looking at it or whatever, or using anything else, since her forehead target is something she's really, really good at now, um, I decided to just ask her to stand, wait for her to just relax and realize we're not going any further. Um, and as soon as she was just like, oh, okay, this is fine. We're just standing, doing our standing quietly behavior. Then I cued the um, forehead target. And immediately she started to relax, she started to blink and come back down from her stress. And then um, once she was able to stand there calmly doing her forehead target, um, and obviously reinforced for that, we went, we took a few steps back, turned around, went away from the white bag back to where she was definitely comfortable. And then we went forwards again a little bit further, but not quite where she was stressed, where she was just a bit more aware of the bag. Um, repeated a few more familiar behaviours there. Um, which reinforced her standing calmly near the object. Obviously, I'm not stopping her looking at it, I'm giving her time to process it, take it in, and I'm not forcing her to um, go further towards it. And I'm not cueing her for these behaviours while she's, if she was fixated on the bag, I wouldn't be nagging her with a cue, because that could increase her stacking, uh, sorry, that could increase her stress, and it could also be trigger stacking. So I'll just wait until she's ready um, to, for the cue. Um, and so this actually worked really well and we ended up walking past the bag um, but as soon as we obviously we were going back and forth a lot um, it's kind of a cat H approach of uh, creating distance between the horse and the thing they're scared of as reinforcement um, but once we ended up getting past the bag um, but at that point I didn't want any other stresses to come because we'd never been that far down that road of her before um, I didn't want her I wanted to end the walk there basically um, on a positive note and we turn back and walk back just practicing some cues and um, you know just walking calmly by my side on the way back which really helped her to um, you know understand that when we see something scary it's going to be a reinforcing experience and we can work through it together and all she has to do is just tune into me um, so that's a really valuable thing to teach horses
because it also means that if they get really freaked out by something, um, while they might spook in the moment, straight afterwards they're more likely to just come back down and tune into you for a cue or something, which is definitely really helpful. So that's something I really like to do. So now we've pretty much talked about everything I was planning to discuss on this episode. Um, I thought we'd just recap uh, the basics of horse training. So what we have is something called ABC, which is antecedent behaviour consequence. So this means the antecedent could be um, like a cue or something in the environment um, that causes the horse to perform a certain behaviour, which is the B, and then there's a consequence for that behaviour. So I'll use the example again of Izzy's forehead target, which we've already spoken about. So there's me holding out my hand in the cup shape um, and making a noise, cueing her to place her forehead in my hand. Um, the behaviour of her, um, the behaviour, sorry, is her putting her forehead into my hand and then the consequence would be the sound that she gets and then reinforcement, whatever that may be. Um, so yeah, that would be like the basics and that would teach um, them to repeat that behaviour basically when that cue happens. We talk about shaping behaviours using successive approximations. Um, this is great if you create a shaping plan for, as it makes it very clear in your mind what you're going to be reinforcing for, so you won't be confused or stressed and the animal won't be stressed or not knowing what you want. Um, so for example, you could also use it if you're using negative reinforcement. So let's say you, um, this is what I used to do with Molly, um, my first pony, before I used plus R was to teach her to move towards the mountain block. Um, at first they would tap on the other side until just a slight weight shift towards me and release, which is which would be the negative reinforcement. Um, and if you're using plus R for this, it could be you give your hip targeting cue, um, the horse gives a slight shift towards you and you could click and reward. Um, and then gradually you would build on that. So it might just be an ear flick at first towards you just to show that, you're, that their attention's in that direction. And then it could be a weight shift, then it could be a step, um, and then eventually you could get all the way towards you, um, which would be the full behaviour, which, ov- which obviously you would increase gradually. Um, we also have something called a cue transfer. So um, a, lot of, a lot of people who use targets will use this when teaching horse to steer or respond to rein cues under saddle without using negative reinforcement. So for example, if the horse is already trained to orient their nose towards um, a certain target, they can have the person, um, whilst the horse is mounted, hold out a target, or it doesn't even have to be mounted really, that can be something you put in at the end, Um, but you can have the horse move their nose around to the target and have them reinforced for that until they know that when the target's there, that means they move their nose around and flex their neck into that position, which you would want them to be in when they're responding to a rain cue. Um, And you can do this on both sides, so the horse can turn their head both ways. And then what you can do is you can have something called new new cue, old cue, behaviour consequence. So this would mean the new cue could be opening your rein, holding it out. You don't want to put um, so much pressure on, if you're trying not to use negative reinforcement, you don't want to put so much pressure on that the horse is trying to relieve that pressure and then the reinforcement is the negative reinforcement when when the rein is released. You want to just open it so they're aware that it's there and then hold the target out and they know what to do with that so they'll turn their nose towards that um, and then you can reward that and then they'll start to learn 
that whenever you open the rein, that means that they're going to be cued for their head to turn around and the new cue actually becomes the cue for turning their head or for steering under saddle. So that can be really helpful if your horse is plus R trained and you don't want to teach the rein cues as negative reinforcement. It can also be helpful in any other situation where you want to transfer a cue, um, whatever behaviour, whether you've taught the horse to back up when you walk backwards um, and now you want to just be able to stand in front of them and whistle them to walk backwards or something, you can use it for that as well. Um, it's just the underlying principle really that you can use for lots of different things within your training. So this was more of a science-y kind of podcast and in future I definitely hope to do episodes on things such as polyvagal theory which Warwick Schiller talks about a lot um, which is actually outside of the four quadrants so that's really interesting Um, and also more sort of as strange as it sounds more spiritual and connection based stuff um, instead of the sciencey stuff and I also want to discuss like the art side of training as well um, but the science is definitely the non-negotiable sort of building blocks I find anyway in my opinion um, to understanding horse training and behaviour and also it's just really easy to use once you understand it um, and also helps us understand our horses a bit more and make training better for them um, as well as more effective for us. Um, and ethical in my opinion as well. Um, So I really hope you enjoyed listening and thanks so much for tuning in. If you did enjoy, please um, follow the podcast um, and share it so that other people can hear it. Um, Also, you can follow my Instagram if you want to see more videos and pictures of the horses and updates on what I'm doing with them. My Instagram is at underscore.a.i.m. underscore horsemanship. Um, underscore and um, also my YouTube is capital AIM um, think space horsemanship um, and also if you're interested in personalised gifts and handmade crafts um, please check out Creations of Cornwall on Facebook again thanks for listening and I hope to see you in my next episode <laughs>